your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source. For Daily Blues content, I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. We got a fun one for you today. We're going to be recapping the Blues' loss to the Anaheim Ducks, uh, what that means for the playoff picture moving forward, uh, what that means for this team's morale moving forward. We're also going to be talking a little bit more about New York Rangers because I don't know if you saw last night, Josh, but they played a game. And it was a WWE match against the Washington Capitals. So that was a lot of fun. We're going to break that down a little bit. Uh, We're also going to talk about David Backus night and TJ Oshie night. Might be be some tears on the pod today. Might be some tears. Uh, It was very moving. Uh, So we're going to give our thoughts on that. And then we're going to finish off by previewing this weekend's matchup, back-to-back matchup, against the Vegas Golden Knights and how this team can make a statement towards the end of the season and clinch as well. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Josh? Yes, sir. On the last podcast, we said that the Blues just have to play their game and they'll be fine against the Anaheim Ducks because they've been fine against them all season long. That was not the case. Narrator, the Blues did not play their game. The Blues did not play their game uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I believe in the post-game comments, uh, Craig Bruby said that the energy level might have something to do with that, playing those tough games against Colorado, against Minnesota. Uh, Definitely going to take some wear and tear on these guys, but at the end of the day, couldn't clinch, but seeing David Backus again and potentially saying goodbye to him uh, I think got everybody's mind off the fact that the Blues weren't making the playoffs. Even if the Blues won last night, they still would not have clinched um, because Arizona did not uh, pull off a win in regulation. Um, exactly. So not not too, not as painful as it could have been. And, and like you said, uh, Blues definitely did not play their game. And uh, on one hand, it's frustrating. But on the other hand, I, I, I get it. Uh, they've had some tough games um, over the past few weeks. And they have a tough back-to-back coming up against Vegas that I think is going to be very indicative of their potential playoff success. You know, they've they've grinded really hard over these past few weeks. They've played well enough to pretty much clinch themselves a playoff spot. It would take the collapse of the century from St. Louis and the run of the century from the LA Kings in order for the Blues to fall out of a playoff spot at this point. So the work is pretty much done um, in terms of must-win games. That being said, I would love to see the Blues start getting into that full-speed playoff-type hockey Um in this back-to-back against Vegas, because I think not to, you know, get into it too soon before we get into it in the last segment of today's episode. But I think um, these two games against Vegas this weekend are going to be extremely telling for how the blues are going to fare heading into the playoffs. Because I think the biggest issue that the team had last year was they just weren't prepared once the playoffs started. And, you know, that, that was against the team, the Vancouver Canucks. Um, if the blues are unprepared uh, heading in, into a re- series against Colorado or Vegas, forget it, they're getting swept. So, Obviously not the result we wanted to see against Anaheim, but Blues did earn a point, um, played a really, really sloppy game, one of the worst games that they've played probably in the past few weeks, and still managed to earn a point, still managed to hang with um, a scrappy Anaheim team that was playing decent hockey last night, albeit a pretty sloppy game. So all things considered, could have been worse, um, and I'm not really putting too much emotional stake in in, in that loss. Uh, I'm more so gearing up for for the weekend back-to-back because I think those games are going to be absolutely huge. 
Here's the one thing that concerns me the most about this game is that I think we saw a performance from Jordan Bennington uh, that rivaled his performances in 2019. Agreed. And one of the reasons why he especially got in overtime, a, especially in overtime. And one of the reasons why he got such a hefty uh, contract extension and why he's getting paid the amount of money that he is. Uh, that being said, when Jordan Bennington is playing hockey like he was last game against the Anaheim Ducks, uh, the Blues cannot squander those games. And obviously against the Anaheim Ducks, it's a little bit different because they say like they have some good players over there and like all these things. But at the end of the day, like Anaheim Ducks are not the Vegas Golden Knights, right? So like you're not going to probably play them as tough and like energy levels, all those things. You would love to see them come out with the same kind of fire every single night. But if you're playing a team like Anaheim, you can kind of get away with not giving 110%, right? Right. Uh, that didn't happen. But against teams like Vegas and against teams like Colorado, when Jordan Bennington is playing that kind of hockey, you have to support him with goals and you have to support him with defense because you like you have to reward him for winning those games. Otherwise, I feel like they're not going to happen as often. Right, right. right. No, I, I completely agree. And, and you know, on, on one hand, you know, you understand the well, get a big weekend back to back against Vegas, conserve the conserve the energy, whatever. Um, because I think it's I don't think a single player on that Blues team besides Jordan Bennington would say that they played 110 percent and and not that they had to not, not that that's necessarily a bad thing because like I said conserving energy but it is concerning that the team wasn't able to rally around Jordan Bennington and wasn't able to like you said reward him for that good performance because they put in 60 minutes of mediocre hockey and managed to take it to overtime where Jordan Bennington absolutely lit the world on fire and gave one of the best five minute performances I've seen in a long time. Um, and they still lost. And, and at the end of the day, you know, come playoff time, this loss probably isn't going to make a difference. The blues are still going to be the four seed and the Vegas golden Knights, or the Colorado Avalanche are probably gonna be the one seed, but it's one of those games that would have been huge for momentum moving forward. And as much as it doesn't, I don't think that this loss is, Oh no, they're going to play like this for the rest of the season. I don't think so. I think that they're going to figure it out come Vegas, but Think about it. Think about if if the Blues played a little bit tighter and, and Jordan Bennington pitched his first shutout of the season last night because I think he could have. I think if the defense was a little bit tighter and they allowed a little bit less of some of those high danger opportunities, Jordan Bennington was playing with the capability of pitching a shutout if the defense was at its peak like we know it can. And that could have been absolutely huge for building momentum down the stretch, and it does feel like a squandered opportunity because this was definitely the easiest game the Blues are going to have from here on out and, and, and definitely feels like they dropped the ball. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. It does feel like an opportunity that's squandered. But if you don't want to squander an opportunity, uh, you got to get into investing with our friends over at Wealthfront. Now, investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of, a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. That is 20 billion dollars of assets and you can get your first five thousand dollars managed for free 
by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. So to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, like I said, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings and get started today. Josh, when we come back, we're going to break down some New York Rangers and Capitals talk, just like the rest of the league, because it feels like we can't stop talking about them because they're all over the tabloids. ESPN's even talking about them, so that's how you know. Uh, don't go anywhere. All right, Josh. I'll be honest. I was waiting around for the Blues game to start, so I switched over when the Blues started. But there was a little bit of time in between there where I was like, let's see what goes on here. I don't really know like there's going to be any repercussions or what happens. Uh, right off the puck drop, <laughs> six people duking it out. <laughs> Absolute liney right off the right off the top. Uh, Zidane Chara skating around looking for someone that's going to step up to fight him. Nobody does. Don't blame him. Um, <laughs> good, yeah, good call on that part. We want a long, healthy career for you guys, but... Man, uh, it's six people, three fights off the jump. Uh, Tom Wilson got in a fight a little bit later. I think there was a total of a hundred penalty minutes dealt out in the first period. Uh, what did what did you like about <laughs> this this whole situation going down? What do you not like about this whole situation? First of all, down? I love that the NHL saw the 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 bus with the brakes cut hurtling down it downhill at full speed heading towards a brick wall and just chose to ignore it and let this game happen without suspending or disciplining tom wilson in the slightest like how the hell did that game happen how did nobody look at this game and, and say maybe we might should, not be a good idea tom wilson should get a little bit of a suspension like, how did the nhl or george peros or anybody in charge of you know up upholding integrity of this league look at this game and not realized that it was going to be exactly what happened granted that being said i loved every minute of it i i, I think I, first of all it, it's just fun watching games like that but also it's it's what feels like years of frustration against not just tom wilson but department of player safety and the league as a whole um and their inconsistencies it feels like so much frustration was finally being taken out with every punch that the rangers threw at, at the capitals players and the cross check that Buchnevich threw and all that stuff. And as much as I don't condone plays like that, the league made this happen. There was a lot of eyes on that right. game. Also. Right. As, as much as, as much as it's frustrating and disappointing that, that, that sort of game happened. And I, I, I do think at the end of the day is a little bit of a black spot on the league that, you know, so many penalty minutes are, are going to rile up and rack up. And as much as it was a great game and super entertaining, it's it's disappointing that it came to this. It's disappointing that the league is so hands off with this that they're just going to they let this game happen. Dished out a fucking suspension to Bushnevich for that cross check. Like, come on, like how how tone deaf do you have to be? As much as he probably deserved it. And here's the thing: the as much talk that will be had and rightfully so, about the Tom Wilson, Bushnevich, and all those things, all the fights and everything that happened throughout that game. The best thing that happened in that game was TJ Oshie scoring a hat trick oh, for absolutely. his dad, who just recently passed absolutely. away. 
so we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but staying on this topic, I completely agree with you with the Bushnevich hit. Um, the problem with this entire game was it felt like the Rangers were trying to make a statement, not only against the Capitals, but against the league too, and be like, hey, protect our players because this is unacceptable. The problem is when a game turns into a Donnybrook like that, uh, you could see like Tom Wilson like laughing on the ice and like he feeds off of that, right? Like that's his kind of game. Uh, and then out of nowhere, he heads to the locker room and says, yeah, I'm not playing the rest of it. Uh, you guys handle it yourself. So uh, Vucinevich does and goes after Mantha and then he gets suspended even though Tom Wilson uh, started this entire debacle uh, and skates off to the locker room, gets to sip on some Gatorade or whatever the hell he was, upper body injury, that's BS, he's a coward. He didn't want to play the rest of it because he was scared of getting hurt for the playoffs. Um, Buchnevich is out for a game. Tom Wilson's off scot-free. Oh, oh, sorry, $5,000, so five cents. But getting getting fined $250,000 as an organization uh, for making a statement that everyone was thinking and you just said it out loud uh, is asinine. In it's my like it, it feels like the NHL is is that that kid you went to high school with that would always threaten to use daddy's money. Like you knew exactly. they know what they're doing is wrong. I'll sue. I'll right, sue you. Right, right. They know what they're doing is wrong. They, they there's there's no way that whoever issued that fine to Tom Wilson, you know, whoever made that final decision wasn't looking at this game and saying like, oh boy, this will be fun. Just but because they, they they weren't they watched it, they don't care. And and as as frustrating as it is, nothing's gonna change. Nothing's going to change. I tweeted it out. It's going to take Tom Wilson ending a star's career. Not that I'm saying it's going to happen. Not that I would ever want it to happen. But at this point, it feels like, okay, if he hasn't been, if there hasn't been a a precedent set now, if they haven't just said, fuck it, suspend him for a season, teach him a lesson, teach the rest of the league a lesson, what's it, what, what'll make that happen? What's it going to take? Yeah, exactly. It it, it feels like it's never going to change. And something else that we felt like would never change was David Backus being in a Blues uniform. Uh, unfortunately, that did change, but him coming back uh, to Enterprise and back to St. Louis and the the warm welcome that Blues fans gave him, I think, was incredible. Uh, watching his emotions on the bench, not only during the game, uh, but afterwards, too, giving him the first star, uh, holding the little the little video uh, on on Ava and showing his family and saying, like, thank you, St. Louis, and all those things. Uh, I don't think there was a dry eye in that stadium. I don't know if there was a dry eye at home. I was definitely getting a little dusty. Um, but I mean, I, in terms of Blues captains, and we talked about it on the last two episodes, but you, it's it's hard to come across a better, not just player, but a better person, individual, and human being than David Backus. And you could tell by the way, like he answered his media questions, not only when he played here, but also in that game and uh, was always 100% truthful, always spoke what was on his mind, uh, extremely passionate guy, and I, I wish nothing but the best for him moving forward if this is the end of the road for him, uh, and I hope he signs that one-day contract to come back and retire a blue. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that this, as well as the TJ Oshi story, go back to a theme that we touch on a lot um, here on this podcast, and it's that every once in a while there's something that, that happens that – kind of as a slap in the face reminder that these guys are human beings at the end of the day. And we always say it's super easy to forget. It's super easy to watch these guys play hockey and yell and cheer and trash on them or praise them or whatever, and then go to bed and forget that they have lives outside of the two hours that we watch them play hockey 
four times a week. Um, and there were two premium examples of that. David Backus t- saying goodbye to his lifelong passion and, and TJ Oshie having the game of his best game of his season in honor of his father Two two, two things that really, as, as much as there was a bit of a, a bit of a negative connotation with them, as much as it was painful to, to watch both of those um, play out the way that they did, it, it's a good reminder of some of the positives of this game that we don't talk about a whole lot. And it's just the moments like that, that can happen that brings a tear to your eye or, or just reminds you of how special that this game truly is. It supersedes the sport and it's it's moments like that where it's like uh, you can say all the things you want about like playoff hockey and the Stanley Cup and like what it's like to like win the Stanley Cup and hoist the Stanley Cup but it's little moments like that like throughout uh, the course of I guess life but really like players careers and like watching sports and like I think uh, it's kind of the same scenario as like it just seems holistic right or like when Aledmus Diaz hit that home run for the Cardinals and he was like childhood friends with Jose Fernandez and hit that home run. Stuff like that where you're just like, wow, this game is incredible and it's played on so much emotion. And I'm so happy to be a fan of it, but also like support these players who, like you said, aren't just players, they're people at the same time uh, that have to go out and do their job and play a sport while battling all of these emotions and battling all of these feelings and still do above and beyond incredible things while they're at it. The, the one that always strikes me is is the Michael Jordan picture and video of him after his father's death, just weeping on the floor after a game. And, and, and it's moments like that that, you know, championships are great, great goals are great, but but it's moments like that that, that kind of really pull on the heartstrings and, 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 and touch you and, and stay with you for a long time. And, you know, not a game that David Backus is going to forget for the rest of his life. Not a game that TJ Oshie is going to forget for the rest of his life. And probably exactly. not a game even, that even as a fan, it feels like you're truly a part of something incredible. Um, but if you're looking for a part for your car, you got to go to rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront, winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning. And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Now, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible. Rather than gouging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do, rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. rockauto.com is a family business as well. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. So like I said, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you guys amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com now josh there is still time if you want to hop on the bandwagon for the st louis blues to win the stanley cup because we laid it out before if we end up playing minnesota in the final round to come out of this division i think it could definitely happen um but if you're going to put money down on it, you got to go to betonline.ag because they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. You might be able to even bet where Albert Pujols is going to go next. It better be the Cardinals. I hope to God it's the Cardinals. 
This week has tons of sports actions on the go. So make sure you get up to date with the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Josh. Coming up, back to back against the menace, the monster, Vegas Golden Knights. Mark Stone has had our number all season long. Alex Petrangelo just scored a game-winning goal for them. What do we do? <laughs> How are we going to attack this team who feels like has no holes and won't have to do anything in the expansion draft to create a hole? How do you take down the giant that is the Vegas Golden Knights? And how could this propel the team uh, into a frenzy going into the playoffs uh, if they do manage to come away victorious? Well, I'll tell you what, Tommy. First thing the Blues got to do is score more goals than the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a good call. Um, <laughs> um, and that's all we got for you. See ya. No. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked On Blues. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I, like I said earlier uh, at the top of the top of the pod, I, I think that these games are going to be, I mean, I feel like I've said this a million times, but I think that these games are up to this point going to be the biggest tell of how the Blues are going to show up in the playoffs because, as we know, it, it can be damaging to not flip that switch until game one of the playoffs. We saw that last year. The Blues weren't, just weren't ready for that playoff series against Vancouver, didn't get up to speed until later, later on in the series and uh, was unable to recover. And that was against a team like Vancouver. They had a little bit more breathing room. You show up unprepared against Vegas, see ya, four games, you're gone. So... What better, what better place to start than a, a, a weekend back-to-back against probably the best team in the NHL and the team that, at this point, you are most likely to face in round one of the playoffs? I've said it throughout the entire season. I think the Blues would be better off playing Colorado in round one um, at this point. It, I really want to see Minnesota and Vegas yeah, play, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That'd be a bloodbath. But at this point, it's looking like that would be more of an unlikely scenario to happen. It's looking like it would be Blues-Vegas unless, unless the standings shift around a little bit more. Um, so could be seeing a, a playoff preview this weekend and Vegas has been in playoff form seemingly for the last three seasons, but also for the last few weeks, they've been stepping up their game immensely. Blues really haven't, they've shown flashes here and there, but haven't found that consistency. Um, if they go in playing like they played against Anaheim, they're going to get blown out of the water in both of these games. It's going to be interesting whether we see Huso in any of them or, or Bennington gets both of those games to sort of get him prepared for that playoff workload. Um, a lot on the line this weekend, you know, as much as a playoff spot is likely secured, as we've said, you, you need to, you need to put a good show in against Vegas. You need to, you need to have it. So be, so if, if Vegas matches up against St. Louis in round one, they look at the, at this weekend back to back and go, Oh shit, this isn't going to be the walk in the park that we think it's going to be. You need to set that precedent. Now this weekend needs to happen. And I think that starts with the goaltending. So it's good that we saw such a good game, 
uh, from Jordan Bennington against the Anaheim Ducks, even though the Blues didn't come away victorious, uh, because that is going to play such a big factor in any series in the playoffs against the Vegas Golden Knights, but especially in a series uh, with the St. Louis Blues, because actually, because it's a back-to-back, if the Blues clinch in the first game, uh, which would mean the Kings losing, right? In any fashion, in regulation or overtime. Maybe. It depends who has the tiebreaker, and I don't know off the top of my head. As of right now, the maximum amount of points the Kings can earn is 58, which would be two more than the Blues have right now. So if the Blues have the tiebreaker and the Kings lose, the Blues clinch. But I don't know off the top of my head who has the tiebreaker. So, hey, let's win a game and have it not matter. So... Uh, potentially, if you we do have the tiebreaker and we do end up clinching in the first game, I would not be surprised to see Billy Huso in for game two, just to give Jordan Bennington a little bit of more rest uh, before the playoffs happen. Maybe see some guys sitting, like Vladimir Tarasenko, if he's still kind of banged up, give him some more rest, guys like that, Colton Pareko, potentially. Um, but yeah, man, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, de- it's absolutely a statement game, uh, and it could build a ton of momentum for this team moving forward. Uh, but I, I do think it starts, uh, in between the pipes because we've seen time and time again from Billy Huso and from Jordan Bennington, when our goalies let in a soft goal, this guy's starting to hang their head. Uh, it's kind of a backbreaker for the morale on the team and the offense kind of dwindles as the goals start piling up against us. So I think it's important for the goalies to play good games in net. And I think it's important for the rest of the team, uh, to support them as they do that. And if the blues can do that, uh, like I know that they're capable of, they could very well emerge victorious against the Vegas Golden Knights. Like you said, it starts with Jordan Bennington, and I I think he, he has a very good chance of sustaining that momentum. We know how he is when he's sort of on a hot streak, when he's on a run. But like you said, it, it's a matter of the team rallying around him, and you got to have thick skin. Um, they're going to give up goals you know, in these reigning regular season games, in these playoff games. They're going to give up some shitty goals. You need to have thick skin. The 2018 Cup-winning St. Louis Blues had thick skin. They came out, had maybe the worst referee decision in the history of the NHL in the the no-hand pass call. Don't look it up. That's a confirmed statistic. Um, And came out and absolutely annihilated the San Jose Sharks moving forward. Blues right now, I don't know if they're mentally tough enough for that. That being said... I do think that they have the ability to get there, and I do think a lot of that is just the flip of the switch. Um, and I think, like I said, this series against Vegas is going to be very telling, this back-to-back. If they let in those tough goals and you know rally around it and instead of it, taking the wind out of their sails, kind of ups the aggression. And you know, let's say they, they have a rough period and come out in the second period like they're fired out of a cannon, you know, something that, like, something that a team like Vegas is prone to do. I would love to see that. But if we see... More of the same, more of, oh, Blues go up 2-0. Uh-oh, they let up a goal. All of a sudden, it's 2-2 again. Uh, I'd be a little concerned. But I think that they have the capability of turning it on. We've seen it in many games throughout the season, more consistently down the stretch. Not enough consistency as I think that they need, but they're getting there. They really are. One thing that's been so important for this Blues team over the last couple of weeks maybe the last month or so uh has been the power play they've been so good at scoring on the power play I don't know what the what the streak is up to but it's like 12 in their last 13 games they've scored on the power play uh those are those are some pretty slick numbers if you ask me Mike Hoffman's close to sitting around 20 goals which is right around where Ryan O'Reilly is as well so uh all the guys 
are firing on all cylinders on the on the power play. Vegas's penalty kill is second in the league. They've killed off 86% of penalties. You're not going to be able to rely, potentially, you're not going to be able to rely on the power play to bring you to a victory in this game. But if Vegas isn't ready for the Blues power play, because we're currently sitting ninth in the league, and they're expecting the power play that they saw earlier on in the season, uh, it's going to be a long night for him because this is a drastically different power play than what we've seen yep, all season Yeah, we got long. Mike Hoffman now, power play specialist. The real Mike Hoffman. The Please real stand Mike up. Hoffman. He's here, and he's he's beautiful. No, I agree. It's 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 going to be, I mean, fun. I don't know if fun's the right word. It's going to be stressful. I'm going to lose some hair for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it's it's going to be good. I mean... I feel like I feel like that the playoff vibe will, will be there this weekend. The vibes are always there with you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network. I think that's all the time we have for today. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter and Locker Room at Twelcher15. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Locker Room at Josh Hyman NHL. Like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully there's a clinch in our future this weekend. But as always, let's go Blues.